Hey everybody, welcome back. Humanizers, humanists, human beings, whatever we call ourselves. I'm glad we're together. I'm especially glad we're together this, this day, on the day after the horrible news about the slaughter in Orlando. And, <clears throat> you know, this isn't, generally speaking, the most timely of podcasts, but today I, I just thought... I need to, I need to reflect on this, and and I got a few notes from people saying, "Hey, it would be good if you put something up there." And so, here I am. And uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't know what to do on Sunday morning when I got the news, um, except to feel horrible. But then I looked and realized that in Los Angeles, where I live, the Pride Parade was happening, and I saw a number of notes from people that said they were going to go out and march in solidarity since so many of the people who were killed were, were gay folks. Um, and, 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 and the nightclub was a gay nightclub. And, and so I thought, yeah, that would be a good place to be and a good place to show solidarity. So I went out there and it was an, an unbelievable experience to be out there. I mean, in some ways, I mean, there was so, I mean, when they called it a pride parade, there were just so many people, um, some of them dressed outlandishly, some of them just having, you know, dressed brightly, some of them jumping up and down and screaming. I mean, there was so much genuine pride and people just, you know, this one person was handing out flyers and I went to reach for one and he says, I'll give you a flyer, but I'm going to give you a hug too. And and he did. And there, you know, I just felt like I was part of a group of people that were just joyfully out there. Um, and yet every so often during the parade, somebody would march down the center of the street with a sign that said, Orlando, we're with you, or we remember Orlando, or stand with Orlando. And, and everybody would kind of quietly put their peace signs in the air, a little bit like that scene in that movie, um, oh, the the Mockingjay movie, the Hunger Games movie, where where these people who feel oppressed quietly signal their solidarity by putting their arms in the air, and and then people would turn back to the celebration. And in some ways, I didn't feel like people were celebrating in spite of, I, I or rather, I think they were celebrating, not in ignorance of, but in spite of, they were saying like, look, we will not be silent. We will not be quieted because in some ways this attack felt like an attack, not just on Western civilization, not just on the United States of America. It felt like an attack that was really motivated by a disgust and an anger at, at the gay community. And so, you know, there I was, and I was watching this stuff go on, and as I'm wandering down the street, there, sure enough, are a bunch of hyper-crazy evangelical Christians with their signs about God-hating faggots and and repent or burn, and they were on the loudspeaker telling people that God was celebrating this massacre. And, and I thought, I thought to myself, this is horrible. This is terrible. And, and I got, you know, I started to get, and you know, as a, as a for, sort of a post Christian, it's easy to struggle. Man, I'm glad I'm not with those people anymore. But of course I was never with those people. And soon after I got there and I was watching that down the street comes the Episcopal church 
with big signs that say God loves everybody and then the Lutheran church. And there were a lot of different Christian groups out there sort of representing the love of the God they believe in. And I was glad for that. And because uh, there are a lot of gay people that believe in God and they need to, if they're going to believe in God, they, they need to believe in a God that, that loves them. And there were all these signs and all these people saying, praying for Orlando, pray for Orlando. And that's such a weird emotion for me. I mean, even when I was a Christian, that was a weird emotion. Pray for Orlando, because I'm thinking to myself, after every one of these shootings, everybody prays, and God does nothing. I mean, I mean, if you think that God is going to clean up guns in this country, if you think God is going to like stop extremism, if you think God is going to protect children and protect people, I mean, there's just ample evidence over all of history, but even just the last five years of mass shootings in America, that all the prayers don't amount to a hill of beans. Nothing fails like prayer when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I, I understand, and, and, and this is not a slam on folks that pray, because I found myself going, but I want to pray. I don't even believe in God, but I want to pray. But I think the kind, it's the kind of praying that people do that's the problem. That This pretending that God is going to intervene, pretending that God does something in these situations enables the rest of us to let ourselves off the hook. And so I have to be honest with you, though, as a post-Christian. I still pray in these situations because it's sort of like when, when, you know, in the old movies where a woman was pregnant and she was about to give birth and the guy, they would say to the man, go, go boil some water. And the idea was we don't need any boiled water. We just need to get this guy out of the way. He needs to give him something to do. And sometimes in these tragedies, I think we all need something to do, something to feel like we're, we're active or we're in solidarity or we're doing something to make things better. And so I pray. I don't think there's anyone listening, of course, but the more I study neuroscience and the more I study human psychology and the more I think about the history of our species, the more convinced I am that it makes a difference just to sit quietly and meditate on the things that we most want. It makes a difference to articulate our noblest hopes for other people and for ourselves and for our world. It makes sense to stop and wonder if there's something we can do, if there's some way we can encourage or assist the things that we want to happen to happen and to give thanks for the joys of life, even in the midst of the pain of life, that there's something that happens to us when we do that. I don't think it's funny because when I was a Christian, I remember a, a preacher once saying, people always say prayer changes things. Prayer doesn't change anything. God changes things. Prayer is just asking him to do it. But you know, the more I studied what happens when people meditate and the more I think about what happens when people focus their hopes and their dreams and think about them, when people stop and meditate on how they can actualize the goodness in their hearts, the more I'm convinced, I don't think God changes anything, but I think prayer actually does because prayer changes us. Meditation changes us. Reflection changes us. Positive thinking changes us. Articulating the good, giving thanks. I mean, there's all sorts of studies that would suggest that giving thanks makes people appreciate their lives more. That when people stop and they meditate on um, 
a truth or on something beautiful or on something awe-inspiring that they've seen, that it actually makes them more altruistic and compassion. There's all sorts of evidence that what we think influences who we are and how we act. And so, yeah, my secular form of prayer, sometimes it's just a desperate attempt to not feel helpless. But sometimes I think it's also a rational response to the idea that we human beings are on our own to fix this. There's nobody coming to save us. There's nobody coming to help us. There's nobody coming to heal us. We're going to have to heal each other. We're going to have to heal ourselves. We're going to have to change ourselves and our way of thinking about other people. And we're going to have to teach our children differently and teach other people's children differently and hold up an ideal of humanity that's different than the one that we've got right now. People say to me, but do you also think that like something happens when hundreds of thousands of people are thinking the same thoughts in the same direction? And I got to be honest with you, like I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, I know when I'm at a concert with a bunch of people with the lighters in the air, there's something that happens where there's a group effervescence. There's a, a kind of a collective consciousness that takes over. And there are studies about this mob mentalities. And I think that in some sense, this kind of collective hoping and collective dreaming and collective aspiration is a kind of a, it releases something between us that makes us more able to do that which we need to do together. I, I don't know how it works. You know, it's funny, I was, I was, I was thinking about that the other day uh, in, a, in a completely different context. People were talking about the ripple effects of, of kindnesses or things that we say to people, things that we've said to people that we don't even remember that we've said, but that impact them and that years later change the way they do things that changes the way other do, people do, do things. And there was this Proust quote the, Foucault, it was a Foucault quote from Michel Foucault. And the quote was, we know what we do and we know why we do it, but we have no idea about what, what we do actually does. And I think that today, I, I can't tell you what you think or what you pray or what, what you say to someone I can't, I can't tell you what it'll do, but I think it's worth reflecting this morning, not on what God can do or what everybody else should do or what the politician should do, but in some sense, how can you change the wind? How can you change the atmosphere? So maybe it just boils down to me saying that I think sometimes we pray because we don't know what else to do. But if you're going to pray, pray like a good secular humanist look inside and ask what can I do what can I change how can I make a difference because you're the only one over whom you have any kind of real influence if I sound sad it's because I am sad I'm sad for all those families and I'm sad for all the pain that's out there and I'm sad for all the parents that are having to explain to their children the way this world is and the difference between the way this world is and the way it ought to be. But I hope that as we explain that stuff, we also look the kids in the eye and tell them that that gap will never be bridged unless we're the ones that bridge it. Yeah, that's it.